You're listening to the Sports Brothers Podcast by Sam and Brian Dostal. Everything sports, all the time. time today to record this podcast. I got home from a Bristol Greeners game at noon today, and I've been down here since watching baseball, uh, watching Toy Story. It's on right now. Uh, just doing everything, just, just waiting and waiting. I've seen this basement for a really long time, a lot longer than I should be, and finally we're recording this podcast. Sounds like a thrilling Sunday. Oh, it's a thrilling Sunday, and today it, it is... Uh, Sunday, July 19th. It's currently 10.37 p.m. This podcast will not be put up until Monday the 20th around 3 o'clock when I get home from work. So this will be uh, put up, obviously, Monday afternoon. But, yeah, Sam, I've been waiting. It, it feels like two different days, to be honest. It feels like that Greeners game was yesterday. Isn't it weird how some days feel like that? Yeah. Uh, so this is the team you play on? Yes. And? I pitched. And? I pitched seven innings. I gave up 10 runs, 5 earned. 10 runs? What happened to you? They probably got a bunch of their hits were literally bleeders. I'm not even joking. Like There was there was at least 5 or 6 where I jammed them, and they would fist it out to left field. Is this field. wood bat? Yes. Or there, there was When's the last time you allowed that many runs? It would have been Weston. <laughs> um, <laughs> there, there was one where there was a curve on the outside – Outside part of the plate to a right-handed batter, and he literally got it off the the end, the very end of the bat, and he blooped in for a single over second base. That at that point, I was just like, okay, all right, well, it's not my day. I did go one for four at the plate, three strikeouts, RBI single, produced the only one run offensively. Well, that's good. Helped your cause. You helped your own cause. It was four nothing after the top of the first inning. Have you won with this team yet? No, they're three and twelve though. Would I be eligible to play? You, yes, you would have. You easily could have gone to the. To no, these no, no, games. no, no. I'm saying, would I be eligible? Oh yeah, there's guys that are twenty five, thirty years old that play in this league. I'm pretty sure the guy that we faced today was twenty six years old. So you could have caught me today. Ooh. How are the CT Tigers doing, man? Uh not too good. No, they lose again. Uh yeah. They've lost the first two games of this series, and they've now lost eight of eleven. So, uh, what's it like announcing a really bad team like that? Well, I did it with the Brewster Whitecaps. Fair enough. And um, you just hope the game goes quick. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So again, today it is. But they haven't been blowouts for the most part. That's good. What was it three two? I saw. Today was three to two. Yes. Yeah, thought so. I listened to you for a couple minutes. And? Sounded good. Was I doing the play-by-play or the color then? The first time you were doing the the color, so I just turned it off, and then you were doing the play-by-play like in the fifth inning or whatever it was. Yep, that's my inning. Yeah. I did pretty good that fifth inning. Okay. I think. Maybe not? No? I listened to a couple outs, and then, you know, I was so busy today. I, 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 know, I just I couldn't know. do it. I, I, I couldn't handle. How about the Mets, huh? Oh, my God. I All right, so here was my day, Sam. You know, 
since we don't have uh, MLB TV, right, or MLB Network, we we don't, as baseball fans, we don't really watch bit, like a bunch of games in one day. Like, you know, an NFL Sunday or a college football Saturday, college basketball Saturday, you'll sit down from 12 to midnight and just watch games throughout. This was really the first time a regular season day where I watched three different games all afternoon. Well, the Mets was like two games. The Mets was basically two games. They won 18 innings. After blowing it. What was it? They took the lead in the 15th or something? 13th. You know, didn't they played a game, remember, with St. Louis that went 19 innings. Uh, it was my freshman year of college, so it would have been 2010. I think they won that game one to nothing. I picked up that game and started watching that religiously in about the 11th inning. So I still got a full seven innings. Yeah, you, you know, got, I, you I got saw all the I saw all the runs. You got a Legion game. Yeah, it, it was good. Um, watched. I saw all the runs. <laughs> a, a safety squeeze. To put them up three one. I mean, the the Mets. I they they were two or two or three. They left like twenty five. They literally left twenty five guys in scoring position. Is positions that an today. actual stat? Yes. Fun fact about the Mets, told to me by an intern at the Connecticut Tigers, Rob Breck. They're thirty five and five when they score at least four runs in a game. So they got the pitching. I'd believe it. Oh yeah. But only forty games. You're only scoring. Four more runs at this point in the season. Well, have you? Well, you've watched. I the know. Mets. I know, but st- f- they've only managed to score four more runs in forty games. That's not very good. Uh, before we really get into today's show, Sam, I just want uh, to let everyone know that we are dedicating this show to Stuart Scott, who would have turned fifty years old today, uh, but of course he passed away last summer. And there was just some different things on on SportsCenter on Twitter today. Uh, and just kind of reminding us of his his SB speech and his fight for cancer. And uh, certainly, Sam Stewart Scott was one of the good guys and one of the a fan favorite to watch on SportsCenter. Yeah, he certainly was. He's he was one of the well, he was really a pioneer in as far as sports broadcasting goes, and he um, brought a different spin to it. And he was just like you said, one of the good guys, and he he could certainly draw people in, and he did it the right way. Back to the Mets-Cardinals game. Another pitcher got a hit, Sam. Sean Gilmartin got a hit in the 15th inning or something like that. A bloop single. You ready for this wildness, Bry? Let's hear it. Where did we see Sean Gilmartin pitch? Dodd Stadium. Where I... did I watch him pitch today? From the press box at Dodd Stadium. Wow. It was like, full circle. I was like, wow, this has come full circle. He has no idea, but this is a big moment in my life. For Florida State, he pitched for, yes. for Florida State. That's when uh, the NSA Regional was at Dodd Stadium. With yeah. The, with for some reason, UConn was the two and hosted while Florida State was the one. Yeah. Okay. Go, go figure. Figure that one out. But, uh, yeah, he three scoreless innings, I believe. Uh, he struck out the side at one point. He's, He's pitched, pitched pretty really, well. Yeah, he has. He, he has. And it's, uh, it's, it's nice to see him pitch well. Because it's, it's kind of cool. Oh, Sean, we, we called him Gilly Martin, right? Didn't we make fun of his yeah. name? We thought it was Gilly Martin. Yeah, so we laughed about that. Another game that I watched, Sam, and I watched a lot of this game as well yesterday, Nationals-Dodgers. And, God, I hope, I pray to God, Sam, that this is a nationally championship series preview uh, come postseason time because you have just a ton of pitching, a ton of star power. I mean, today – We'll get into Granke with his 43 and two-thirds scoreless inning streak, but Scherzer threw as well today. You have Kershaw, who was on on point yesterday with 14 Ks. Doug Fister. I mean, this would be a perfect series come playoff time. Oh yeah, I mean the star power, the pitchers. 
They would have it all. I mean, Bryce Harper, Yasiel Puy. Coast-to-coast coverage. Yeah, Adrian Gonzalez. Be fun. It would be really fun. I'm I'm really hoping for it. I mean, God, I got a chance to really watch those two teams. The Kershaw last. and Scherzer going game one of us. Or would it be Granky game one at this rate? Usually they go with the respect thing. But uh, Kershaw wasn't great in the postseason last year. I know. You know who I'm going to make a comparison to if uh, if he stinks again in the postseason? No. Peyton Manning. Okay. Can't win the postseason. If he does it this season, this coming right, postseason, yep. right? Wouldn't yeah. Ha- wouldn't have a track record. Very good regular season, but not a good postseason. Anyways, uh, back to Granky, Sam. 43 and two-thirds scoreless innings. He lowers his ERA to a whopping 1.30. And, I mean, you, you now you, you have even, to – You can barely see it. You can barely see it, exactly. And now you put his, his scoreless consecutive inning streak, you put it in the conversation – of the MLB record of Ora Horsheiser in 1988-59 consecutive scoreless innings. Of course, that year he won the NL Cy Young, the Dodgers won the World Series, and he won the uh, MVP of that World Series. You'd have to figure, though, modern baseball, obviously 59 innings, spectacular and impressive in any era, but you'd have to think, looking at Granke right now, 43 and two-thirds, that's probably still three more outings. Yeah, um, and that's figure, tough. He goes seven out, seven. You know, if he goes seven innings, that gets in his next outing. That gets him to um, what fifty-one or so. Yeah, give and her two thirds or so, and then I guess theoretically you could get it in the next one if you want a complete game. But it would probably have to be early second or third inning. Uh, of that third start before he even gets there. That's still three more starts. That means that takes us at this point, we're about what? 10, 11 days left in July. And he just pitched today. So this is, this would be first week of August. We're talking that he still has a scoreless streak going. His next three starts. His next start is going to be in New York on Friday against the Mets. So that's against a poor hitting team. And then uh, home. Might as well just give him nine shutout there. And then home, uh, Wednesday, July 29th, uh, is home against Oakland. So right there, those are two teams that struggle. And then let's see, they have a day off. So he'd be pitching at Philadelphia in his third start. I mean. So those are three teams. They're major league teams. Yep. So they can, obviously. But if there were three teams that you'd want to go up against, those would be them. Those those are three ideal teams. It's going to be interesting. I mean, fun to watch. It is. I mean, when a pitcher gets on a run like that, it's just it's mind-boggling, really. It really. I mean, you're you're, and he gave up a run in the All Star game, first batter of the game. He gives us a solo home run to Mike Trout. Well, he got it out of the way. Yeah, he's so okay. All Star game. That's he had he a did. chance to relax. He's like, all right, whatever, just throw it over, and it's amazing. Uh, speaking of another pitcher, Cole Hamill, Sam. The Red Sox and Dodgers had some scouts at this game. Cole Hamels did not have the best of games. Only lasted three innings, gave up 11 hits, uh, gave up, I think, was it six, seven runs, just was not himself today. And there's some concern, or at least some rumored concern, that maybe uh, you know there was excuses made out there for Hamels today. It was too hot because, of course, here in the – in the northeast region of the country, it was in the upper 90s. He wasn't today. the only one pitching in that weather. He, he was not. No, he wasn't. Uh, but And the other thing was, is he injured? Because his last two starts, he's given up 20 hits. So 
he had that uh, forearm injury in the 2014 during 2014 spring training. So it, you know maybe this could be speculation, but if he is injured anyway, do you think that could really devalue him all that much? Come- oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, and he's not a young pitcher either. He, he's I mean he still has years left, but he's 31, so it's not like. This is a 26-year-old that they're looking to trade where, you know, a Jose Fernandez type where even if he does get injured, you figure you're still going to get him back healthy uh, at some point. Uh, You look at the struggles, though, his last couple outings, and it has to be a bit of a red flag. And for Philadelphia, a team that's looking to rebuild and is clearly looking to move Cole Hamels and get some good pieces for it, these starts couldn't come at a worse time, Cole Hamels said. Uh, today after the game, that his track record speaks speaks for himself. But uh, you mentioned that injury. He hasn't always had the most consistent career. I mean, he's had some years where where he has been down, where you've thought, you know, what's what's wrong with Cole Hamels? Um, I guess not as much as I thought, but uh, there's been times in his career where you've thought that. Cole Hamels, again, rumored to the Dodgers, and there is – reason why that the Dodgers would want a guy like Cole Hamels is because they're expecting Zach Greinke to option out of his contract this year. So, I mean, at least test the free agency market. I mean, we just talked about his great season so far. He, he'll want a ton of money thrown at him. So with the three years left on Hamels deal, that can be a bridge to uh, keeping keeping a, a star, star-studded rotation, pitching rotation basically there. Uh, again, the Red Sox are rumored there. You have to give up a lot of young prospects to get him. I don't know if I like it. Well, the Red Sox don't really have a lot going for him right now. I know they don't. I mean, he he, he can no doubt be a stopper. The Red Sox need a front line starter. Obviously, Hamels hasn't been it, hasn't been that so far. But uh, you look at his numbers, and other than his rookie year in 2006, he hasn't. And then the uh, 2009 season, that's the year I was referring to where he struggled. Other than those two years, he's never had an ERA over four. His other highest ERA uh, came in the 2013 season when it was 3.60. Yeah, his win-loss totals haven't been there, but he's been on some poor teams in recent years. And and the Red Sox need that front-line starter. Another starter that's in the rumor mill, of course, Johnny Cueto did not pitch well at all today. A lot of these big pitchers that are in the rumor mill. yeah. Not throwing all that well. Four innings, two runs, six walks. I mean, 94 pitches in four innings. That's not Johnny Cueto-like. Uh, and that's also his second consecutive bat start. Cueto, just one of the many guys on this Reds team, Sam, that's been rumored to be traded. I mean, Jay Bruce, even Todd Frazier, uh, Ordalius uh, Chapman, just a ton of guys. And I think it's, on a side note, I think it's kind of funny that there's like five, six guys uh, that could be essentially traded from this team because they also have Brandon Phillips, who's a multi-all-star, multi-goal glove. Devin Mazarasco when he's healthy. Zach Kozar when he's healthy. I mean, it's a good team. It's Mike Leak, another one. I mean, they have a – on paper, they have a the good manager? team. It very well could be. Because this is a team, you remember, and I think we talked about it on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, where they were up two games to O on the Giants the year they won the World Series yep. in, in uh, 2012. And since then, they haven't been able to get to that point. And you think one year, okay, you know, it's down year. All right, they'll get them next year. And then it just we're now in that we're now through two and a half seasons since they last made the playoffs with this group, and it's just not happening for them. They are going. They haven't since Dusty Baker 
is has no longer been the manager. He was fired, right? He was. And, and, and it's it's one of those situations where you look at it and it's like I think George Carl uh, getting getting fired, fired from, the Nuggets. From, from Denver after winning the coach of the year. You know, it, some things just don't make sense. Like, obviously you have a good thing going here with Dusty Baker. Let it keep going. Teams don't win right away usually. It it's, takes a little it's while. It's, it's, a pro- it's a process. And players loved playing for Dusty Baker. They did. Toothpick and all. They loved playing for Dusty Baker. It's a process. You don't just get it, boom, and win uh, more often than not. Right now the Reds are currently 40-49 and 49 and eight and a half games out of first place in the NL Central. And same, last thing with the Reds is it seems like they're trending downward rebuilding in a division that is top-heavy with the Cardinals, Pirates, and an emerging Cubs team. And with their young talent base, You know they're certainly on the uprise as a franchise. Yeah, it, it, if there's one division where it's hard to build up in, that's it. I mean, just look at how long it took – a team like Pittsburgh to build themselves into a winner. Uh, Chicago, they're kind of trying to do it overnight uh, with some of the free agent signings they've had, uh, John Lester in particular. But it's not an easy. It's definitely right now that is the hardest division in baseball. Easily, no questions asked. Easily. Speaking of the Chicago Cubs, Sam John Lester is first start after the, after the All Star break. Let's get on some good news with good pitchers. He's really turning it around. Seven and a third innings, two hits, no runs, one walk, seven strikeouts, and a four nothing victory versus Atlanta. And I mean his his ERA was uh, what was it? I think it was like three five zero going to the break. If he can get it lower to around the three, like where we know he can get it, like he has been in Boston. And again, this is a, a Cubs team that is in the thick of this playoff race. Having John Lester pitching at that high level will just will he be, can carry a team. Yeah, We've seen it. Can, We've yeah. se- he he did it in 2013 with the Red Sox. Yeah, they had some other guys who threw well, uh, John Lackey. But Lester can carry a team, and uh, we talked about him a little pre All Star break about how he seemed to be turning the corner. <laughs> He's now has a 1.27 ERA, a one and two record. But a 1.27 ERA, and it it just keeps getting better. He had that poor month of of uh, April where he was 0-2 with a 6.23. Had a fantastic May, 4-1, 1.76, then reverted back to the April John Lester in June, 0-3, 5.74. But if he's officially turned the corner, and there's an adjust, there's an adjustment period. There is when there's, yeah. you're switching leagues. Yeah, and different hitters, different you know, ballparks. What, I think. When I was younger, I'd kind of glaze past that and say, oh, come on. But it's a factor, I think. It is. Again, you're facing new teams, new ballparks. I mean, every new travel. Every. You're used to. Yeah. John Lester was used to doing it this way with the Red Sox. It's all he had ever known in professional baseball, and now it's completely different. Justin Verlander, Sam, threw up another stinker today. He's done. He might be done. Seven runs against Baltimore. Tigers are 0-6 in his six starts. He's got a 6.62 ERA. As you mentioned, Sam, Verlander, former MVP Cy Young, could be done. Yeah, I mean, he's been, since that last great season, he's been trending downward. He, he has. You know, and it's... Which, and I, I didn't think it would be this quick of a slide down, but... I knew that losing Max Scherzer would really, really hurt them. It would make him. It makes Verlander more vulnerable because he doesn't have as much protection in that rotation. 
Uh, I mean, you have Annabelle Sanchez in that rotation as well. Do you give up Drew Smiley, another young left-hander, in a trade with Austin Jackson last offseason? So, uh, of course, you still have David Price, but... That was during the season. Uh, yeah, but uh, it's still... Yeah, but you had... When Verlander was going good in Scherzer, you had maybe the best one-two punch in baseball. And now you're looking really at just... And then you throw in a guy like Annabelle Sanchez, who... As a four or five starter, he's really good. For he's that pitching spot. Yeah. above that slot. Yeah. I mean, just look at what he did in the postseason against the yeah. Red Sox. That was really, really good. Uh, last thing for Major League Baseball before we get to our fifth city bus tour stop, that's going to be Detroit. Uh, Sam, perhaps we have a rivalry in Texas uh, between the Astros and uh, the Rangers. Almost forgot the other team there, even though it's right in front of me. Uh, yesterday, long story short, in the top of the ninth inning, uh, benches cleared after Rowan Odor of the Rangers and Hank Congo kind of exchanged words after Odor, the batter, was not getting in the batter's box. Prince Fielder jumped in, and, and uh, benches cleared. Jeff Bannister and A.J. Hinch, the, both the managers from each team, they – they were yelling at each other, and you know the announcer was saying, "Hey, we have a rivalry. We've got the Lone Star State rivalry going, Sam." I hope we do. Baseball needs something like this. There yeah. hasn't been much of anything, and um, this is part of the advantage of having these two teams in the same division. Is the fact that you have them playing all the time. They're not just playing that interleague series. They're now division rivals, and it it, it, it spi- adds a lot of spice to it. Hearing uh, or watching the highlights and hearing the crowd, even when Texas was getting hits, it was pretty loud in, well, in Houston. I mean, in, in, at Houston Astros. I mean, obviously, it's a short commute, which is why it, it's, it's great. It's great that this rivalry is up and coming. And I'll tell you, those fans, when their team is good, I mean, their teams have been really bad, so it's hard to draw a good crowd consistently when those when you're a really bad team. I mean, the Red Sox. You know, any team isn't going to draw when your teams are really bad. And both Houston and Texas have been really bad in the past. But even when those teams are decent, they get excellent crowds there. They're good baseball fans down there. They're loyal. They are. Had some good years with Lance Berkman and Craig Biggio. The Killer Bees. Yeah. Jeff Bagwell. Jeff Bagwell, yep. Roy Oswalt in his prime. Oh, yeah. Got to love those teams. All right. That's who that wrote. Ah, I was trying to think of the... Pitching motion today from the pitcher for Hudson Valley, who it reminded me of? Roy Oswald. Roy Oswald. There you go. It was meant to be, huh? Well, I guess I won't be saying that on the air. I guess you won't. All right, let's head to Detroit. It's on the rubber, the 2-2 hole. Swing and a miss, he's second out. The 2013 Red Sox are the world champions and Boston strong. The 3-2 pitch. Swung on a drill to right field. Going back to
right. Well, we are on to Detroit. We are cruising right through this, and another city with a lot of names. Yes. Me? I think it rivals Dallas as far as names goes. Dallas has been the top city, oh, though, Oh, Dallas is great, but Detroit, very good, and we'll uh, start with Red Wings right winger. Mr. Hockey, Gordie Howe, he's been having some health issues, but still in there, played 25 years with the Detroit Red Wings, 1946 to 1971. Uh, played five years in the World Hockey Association and finished his career in 1980 with the Hartford Whalers. Played in five different decades, you know, know it under great athletic great played in five different decades who ace chris dossler chris dossler modified fast pitch softball pitcher in five different decades was he in the pre-modern era as well is he that old i i think so or the live ball era Uh, i think he started in the dead in the dead ball era dead ball era that wouldn't surprise me yeah i mean he must have been a hundred pounds lighter too (laughs) at least uh anyways back to gordy howe 21 time all-star four-time stanley cup champ uh, at the age of 44, different game then, but still put up 100 points. Tough guy, never backed down uh, in a fight. Uh, still considered one of the all-time greats as far as hockey goes. Uh, Steve Yazerman, right wing. I mean, Detroit just filled with hockey legends. 83 to 2006, 22 seasons, all with the Red Wings. Uh, won three. That's an astounding number for those two guys, isn't it? 46 to 71, and then... Uh, Yazerman, 83 to 2006. Talking about guys being loyal to their – you don't see that anymore. Loyal to their loyal, franchise. playing that long. Yeah. I mean, in 83, Brian, I, was, I wasn't I was born until 91, and he played until I was 15 years old. Anyways, <laughs> Red Wings captain for over 1,300 games, 692 career goals. Uh, that's third all-time and played on many Detroit teams – uh, that scored a lot of goals. High-powered Detroit teams. Uh, not only did they win those three Stanley Cups, but always seemingly in the mix. To the gridiron, Lions running back Barry Sanders. And if he had played longer, his numbers would be that much better. Uh, 89 to 98 all 10 seasons with Detroit. Ten-time Pro Bowl. Uh, third all-time in rushing yards at 15,269. And uh, keep in mind, he retired very young. Rated number one most elusive Back running back all time by NFL.com and uh, pretty impressive with both Walter and Smith, uh, Walter, Walter Payton. Payton and Emmett Smith uh, also uh, being part of that and uh, Barry Sanders an NFL Hall of Famer. Of course, the other two guys uh, they're in the Hockey Hall of Fame as well. Yeah. To the baseball diamond, it's all the last three guys are Detroit Tigers. Let's start off with Ty Cobb, 22 seasons from 1905 to 1926, 12-time AL batting champ, six-time stolen base champ, MLB record, 367 batting average. Truly impressive. This is a guy that's been known to be a hot a hothead, and Sam got a couple cool stories for Ty Cobb. Uh, back in the, again, he played with Julius Joe Jackson. Of course, that's a whole nother story for another day. But with that, of course, uh, the black or, uh, black Sox, black Sox scandal. Um, actually I played the black Sox today. Terryville black Sox. Why would they name themselves that? I don't know. They did. They had black jersey and everything. Um, so at the all-star break in 1911, Cobb and Shula Show Jackson were in a very tight batting title race. Jackson led by .009. .009. So Ty Cobb being 
really the jerk that he is at times. He used his friendship with Shoeless Joe Jackson to his advantage, and he just ignored him, wouldn't return his phone calls, wouldn't talk to him, wouldn't respond to his, his letters, his, his telegram, whatever they used back in the, in the early 1900s, he didn't talk to him. They so weren't texting? They weren't texting back then, no. or They weren't FaceTiming, they weren't Skyping, they weren't doing any of that. So he was just getting no communique with Shoeless Joe Jackson. And then Chewish Joe Jackson went in a second-half slump, if you will, and finished the 1911 season hitting 408, and Cobb hit 420. Shabby 408 there, huh? Yeah, that's tisk-tisk, right? The Nothing. nerve to hit only 408. woo Another fun story with Ty Cobb. He won a home run derby. 1909. I got a cough again. Fantastic radio. I have a little bit of a cold. Oh, do you? I do. That's no. I had that. Yeah. Like uh, I don't know, a week and a half ago or something. So, anyways, Fourth of July to like the eleventh of July, nineteen oh nine. He won a home run derby with nine inside the park home runs. Inside the park home runs. I don't understand how you can win a home run derby. Was he running the bases? <clears throat> I guess. <laughs> Is this going to be in the podcast? Yeah. I can't cut this out. I'll be fine. You, Hey, you coughed it less. I'll sit up more. We got this. I'm sweating a little bit now. but Yeah, but Sam, nine inside the park home runs. I don't even know how to – I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't, I, don't, know I, this... I don't know what the rules were back then. <laughs> Did he just start running all the little kids? Yeah, they, they have all the little, little kids. kids trying to chase the ball down and they're – Couple Manny Ramirez cutting it off illegally or whatever, not illegally, but. And he hit 117 career home runs in his 24 seasons. All right. Uh, well, on that story. Al Kaline, another guy that's in our how can- does that can- list. I I don't know, Sam. I, I don't know. It's just just the fun facts that you look up when you research these guys. I suppose. Mister Tiger is Al Kaline is known. Spent all 22 seasons with the Tigers from 53 to 74, 18-time All-Star, 10-time Gold Glove Award, and boy, did he have one of the best arms in Major League history. He's part of the 3,000 Club, 399 career home runs, and is a first ballot Hall of Famer. And our last guy, Hank Greenberg, played from 1930 to 1946, a first baseman, five-time All-Star, two-time World Series champ, and a fun fact for him, two of them, another two for Sam, the listeners must be thrilled. They're getting all these backstories. Oh, yeah. They good. love it. Played 17 games for the Hartford Senators, which was based in Hartford, which was a Class A team. And he served three years in the Army. He was promoted to a sergeant in November 1941, but was honorably discharged on December 5th, 1941, just two days before Pearl Harbor. Not a bad time to get honorably discharged. No. So, of course, 1941, he played until 46, so he had a couple of years off serving in the war, which many players did back then. Um, but can you imagine just hearing that news? I, no. <coughs> I shouldn't I'm just stare real, at you. No, I, should, you I should just keep talking. I'm trying um, my best to go through this. All right, so the honorable mention here, Pistons point guard Isaiah Thomas, uh, he didn't make our list, but a 12-time All-Star, uh, two-time NBA champion, Pistons all-time leading scorer, was on the uh, Bad Boy Pistons with Bill Lambeer, uh, 
Dennis Rodman, among others, Joe Dumars. Yeah, I guess while you try to recover over there, should I? I'll, I'll start with who my face of Detroit uh, is, and it's got to be Gordy Howe. I mean, he's he's known as Mister Hockey. He's still one of the most famous players to ever play hockey. Detroit is known as Hockey Town, uh, Mister Hockey in Hockey Town. The uh, twenty-five years with Detroit, and plus he played for the Whalers, so. That's a bonus, right? Yeah, that's a bonus. Dun, 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 but uh, 21-time All-Star, 100 points at age 44. That's longevity right there. Uh, Gordy Howe is my choice. Your boy will be happy with that. I agree. So he'll be really All happy. Right. So just like that, uh, the Red Wings, a hockey guy, has two votes before it's even the polls even put out. By the way, give, let's give a round of applause, Sam, to our to our fans. 32 total votes in our four polls, good for an average of eight per and uh, and this isn't a sarcastic round of applause. No, this is actually this very is, genuine. We are very impressed with the fact that we have 32 votes on our poll right now. It's very exciting. So keep on clicking away. We appreciate all all the votes. Uh, I wonder if there's going to be people that are going to be upset with Isaiah Thomas not making the top six. We don't have any any basketball guys on a list where basketball has been pretty good in that city. I mean, Chauncey Billups from more yeah, modern but, era. Uh, I'm just trying to throw he's out He's not names. an all-time great. No, though. he's not. Uh, ben Wallace, I mean, defensively. Defensively, maybe not overall, though. Uh, but I, I think the list, and credit to Bride here for coming up the up with these lists because he's the one with the um, more free time. To say the least. Yes. Um, not working every single day, even though we're both busy. But I guess today you weren't very busy. This weekend I really wasn't. Anyways. Anyways, so uh, you're listening to the Sports Brothers Podcast. And uh, this is our podcast that will be posted tomorrow morning. On the NicoEmpire.com. Nico shows will be posted every Tuesday now, the Nico show, as opposed to his other podcasts, Kill Me a Thing. I don't even know what they're called. But instead of Mondays, he's going on Tuesdays. He said that in his last podcast, so check those out uh, when, when those do go out. And, again, this is the Sports Brothers Podcast with Sam and Brian Dostler. And, Sam, you have some – Stories that you've been itching to tell me. Well, I have a story that I've been itching. First, have you, has anyone ever asked you for an autograph? Yes. Have you signed it? Yes. Where was it? Baseball camp as a coach. Okay. Playing the Blue Devil camp. After you win a state champion, you know, state championship. Right. They're flocking. So when I was asked one time as a player when I played in an all-star game for Legion, and I signed, um, but when you leave – so, you know, traveling around with the Connecticut Tigers, when you leave the stadium, uh, there's sometimes people there looking for autographs from the players. Yep. And they usually stand right outside the locker room. So we're in Lowell the other day, and I was up in the press box, of course, and came out of a door about 50 feet in front of, uh, 50 feet before the locker room. And I see this guy who was there the last time we were in Lowell looking for autographs. And I, and he asked me twice when I was there, oh, can you sign? I said, no, I'm the radio guy. I'm not a player. Because there's nowhere for me to sign. Like, he has the roster sheet Yep. for the players to sign. So he wanted you to sign it? So he asked me to sign. I told him twice that I wasn't a player there. So I come out of this doorway about 50 feet in front of the bus and this guy is standing right up next, right up next to the door, so he's about fifteen. Feet. How old is this guy? Uh, fifty something. It's a little strange. He's 
standing near the door, which is about, you know, the width of a sidewalk, maybe a little more away from me. And I'm walking, and I got my backpack, and I got my uh, radio equipment. So I don't really, like, I mean, I'm young enough to be a player, but I don't look like. You don't look like a professional baseball player. Thanks. Uh, so I'm walking, and I see him, and he kind of looks at me, and then he looks back. And the next thing I know, I'm getting up the bus, and this guy is sprinting towards the bus, trying to run me down. Run you down? Yes. How do you know it was you? Because the bus driver, Gordo, goes to him. He's the radio guy. He's not a player. And he goes, oh. And he turns around and walks away. What the? He doesn't remember you? No. It was just like. he oh. went. Did he get anyone else's autograph? He got some players' autographs, yeah. And some players for the second time, because there's obviously players still on the team from the last time we went there. But it was he just took off sprinting. And I could see it out of my periphery. Because I, I was the only one walking onto the bus at that time. Like, there were some players scattered talking on the phone. Some were already on the bus. But I was the only one boarding the bus at that particular moment. So I was the only one he could be chasing. That's very strange. <laughs> it was, and some of the players were making fun of me for it. But it was like, dude, figure it out, man. Huh. So the that's the story I wanted to tell you. The guy's like twice your age. And he's yeah. Running, he's running down and he's he's running through people. He's trying to go through well, all these obstacles. He, was, he just ran. Well, he was fighting through adversity in his mind. He's like, he, I was. Get, he was like, oh, he's my like, God. I better I, get that guy's autograph. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss my opportunity. All right. Well, let's head to Lynx Golf, shall we, Sam? British Open. How much have you actually watched? Uh, a good amount. because well, I didn't watch all that much of the U.S. Open. Uh, because it was obviously on in the afternoon. But this is on in the morning, so I've been able to sit and watch at Aran's house, Susan's house. And um, I spent a lot of time watching today. And uh, unfortunately, this is probably going to be posted. We're talking about the third round that just finished on Sunday, but it'll be posted after the final round uh, finishes. So we're not going to get into it too much, but it was wild today for about 45 minutes. Were you watching? I was. Putts just dropping everywhere. It was like it felt like everyone on the course is ten under, and there's seventeen or eighteen guys. I don't remember the exact number, but I counted it that are within four strokes of the lead. And you you even look at a guy as the lead sits at twelve under. Louis Oosthuizen and Jason Day, Paul Dunn, the amateur, all tied for the lead. Speed the stroke back, and yes, he's out of it. But a guy like Phil Mickelson is only eight strokes back at at four under. And he's – I'm just using it as an example, and usually that's somewhere in the – that can fall somewhere in the top 20, being eight strokes back, somewhere like that top 30. He's way down at the bottom of the tournament. Uh, you Think about it. When Phil won his U.S. Uh, Open Championship a couple years ago, he was five back starting the round. Eight back, three more. I know it is, but I'm just saying there's just such a – it's just so tightly contested. I mean, guys eight back have won before. In tournaments. Yeah, Tiger I mean, I'm not saying he's... No. Um, Tiger's not a good player for me. I'm not saying he's going to win. I'm just saying this is how tight it is. A guy as far back as Phil Mickelson, as far as standings number-wise goes, is uh, complete. Is just behind so many guys. Who's going to win the US, the, the British Open to make you sound either like an idiot or a genius? Because Jordan again, Spieth. Jordan Spieth, huh? Yeah, I mean, he's won the first two. He played fantastic today. He was six under today. And uh, I guess until he loses, how can you pick against him? The uh, amateur is a great story. Um, Patrick Dunn, UAB, uh, although he's older than Spieth, he's 22 years old. 
which is interesting. I'd love to see Jason Day win a, win a major, though. Uh, I think if there's one guy out of that group who I want to see win, yes, it would be great. I'd love to see Spieth have a chance to go for the fourth leg at the PGA. But Jason Day, he's been a favorite of mine since he broke onto the scene uh, a handful of years back. Uh, I'd love to see him get into the winner's circle in a major championship. I wouldn't mind seeing Dustin Johnson there. Yeah, I... I mean, the guy... Yes, I, I wouldn't mind. I, I've always been more of a Day fan. He than might a, go back to Coke if he has another Sunday or Monday collapse. Well, he didn't play too well today. No, he didn't. He uh, Everybody's out there birding, and, you know, he didn't hit the ball terribly. He just didn't hit anything, and that's what it comes down to. Uh, you can hit the ball great, but you still got to knock in those however however many footers. You still got to consistently, to have a good round, you still have to consistently hit those 15 footers, those 10 footers, whatever it may be. And uh, he just wasn't able to do that today. All right, let's go to Stump the Bro. It's time to Stump the Bro. After a just a bad question, in my opinion, for Sam. Oh, please. That was a terrible question. That was a good question. You know it. That, just because you were stumped. It was because it was one of those questions where it takes a little more than just 30 seconds to figure it out. All right, whatever, man. All right, so I will start first. Sam, or I am leading 5-4, to four, so I'm going to try to regain my two-game or two-question lead, if you will. Sam, I went outside baseball today. All right. Try to change it up a little bit. Went college football. My question to you. Sam, is how many wins did Notre Dame have in the now former BCS era? Can you start that question again? I was distracted by the Pan Am game highlight. Yeah, UConn, or uh, UConn, I stopped bringing a story. Um, USA blew it. They gave up three earned in the, in the ninth. Yeah. Um, don't tell me the U.S. women lost to Cuba. I don't think so. They're down. Yeah, well, they got five UConn players on it. All right, well, we're not going to watch the highlight on it. So um, how many wins did Notre Dame have in the now former BCS era? Your choices are zero, one, two, and three. Um, Do you have the year that the BCS era started by any chance? I do not. But I can tell you that Notre Dame played in uh, their – all their appearances came in the 2000s. Okay. I'm going to go with zero. That is correct. Zero. They went zero and four. It's like 2000. Because I, I was going to say, I don't remember them ever winning a BCS ball game. They, I like this. I saw a thing the other day. I don't remember how many days ago it was. That There was 47 days until college football. Uh, so probably about 45 days till college football. Ready to go. Fired up. Boomer Sooner. We are. Penn State. <sighs> Boomer sooner. They'll probably end up going like nine and three, eight and four again. Penn State, I think they could have they they could go ten and two this year. They don't have a very uh, very strong schedule. They I could don't. win a lot of games. I know. I know. Good quarterback. Um, all right. My question for you: Which major league baseball player has the most home runs without a pinch hit home run? Jimmy Fox, Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, or Lou Gehrig? It's not Luke Gehrig. It's not Babe Ruth. So Jimmy Fox or who was the second choice? Jimmy Fox, Lou Gehrig, Babe Ruth, or Hank Aaron? Jimmy Fox. Lou Gehrig. The Iron Man, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. Never missed any games. True. And then he 
did. And then now there's the Lou Gehrig disease. Yeah. Well, rest in, unfortunately. All right. Well, Sam, you have tied it up. Five five, baby. Where's Nate Brown now? Calling him out, huh? I am. He's got. He got me fired up. That's what it was. That's what it was. You get extra motivation. I, bulletin board material. <laughs> God, you're pathetic. Uh, we leave you this podcast. I'm not sure if you saw this, Sam, but a surfer named Mick Fanning. Yeah, I did see that. He uh, beat up, not really beat up a shark, but he survived a shark attack from a great white. Yeah. Somehow, some way. You know, it's. I couldn't think. I, did you see the video? Yeah. I was watching, and then I was for the first. You know, you're watching, and the sharks attacking him. And then they panned out. I was like, why are they panning out? Then it finally dawned on me, oh, because if the shark gets him, you don't really want yeah. people seeing a great white tear up this guy. I, but uh, I, somehow, some way, he... No idea how. I mean, he said he punched him in the back. That's that was, nice. But, like, you know... It's not like punching me or you in the back. You're saying that our teeth won't tear... Won't, I, my, tear my teeth couldn't tear you apart, Sam? Um, not like a great no. white shark? I don't think it would have the same effect. Dang. All right, well, that's going to do it for Mic drop. today's podcast, the Sports Brothers podcast with Sam and Brian Dostler. Again, this was recorded on the night of Sunday, July 19th, and is now posted on uh, Monday, July 20th. Please vote, vote, vote. We appreciate all the votes that you've done in the past for uh, the previous uh, greatest athlete of, of whatever city that we were doing. It's Detroit this week. Next week, it's going to be Los Angeles. Then back to the East Coast for New York, and then it'll be, and then uh, the following week after that will be our eighth and final stop in Connecticut. So we're more than halfway through now uh, through this segment, and it's we it's been pretty successful. So again, thank you for listening. Have a great day, everybody. And as Stuart Scott would say, booyah.